The January jobs number was not going to be very good. In fact, ADP projected a 300,000 uh, job contraction in payrolls. Well, I don't know who to believe less, the Labor Department or ADP, because this time ADP wasn't just wrong in terms of uh, size. They were cat they were directionally wrong, categorically wrong. Four hundred sixty-seven thousand new jobs in January, according to the Labor Department number just put out, to help us uh, understand what's happening there, and also make sense of uh, Mark Zuckerberg losing about thirty billion dollars in net worth in thirty minutes. We're pleased to be joined again by James Perry, senior vice president and partner at Arbor Research. Jim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, sir. Thank you very much. So um, ADP, the Labor Department, should we just ignore both? Yes, I, it's uh, it's really quite astonishing to see the uh, dispersion in some of these numbers, minus 300 to plus almost 500 um, within 24 hours and two different sets of statistics. So I think what it does is it highlights the idea that, you know, since this pandemic started, this economy is really changing, and the statistics and the measuring tools that we have to figure out where we are really aren't adequate to determine what's in the minds of people, people who are quitting, people who are working, uh, people that want to go out, people that want to stay in. It's uh, a changing time. And, and so if you're to believe that we had this surprising job number, or, or at least just generally speaking, that uh, jobs increased in January. Does that tell us anything about, uh, you know, powering through Omicron and thus now powering through COVID more generally? I think the Omicron story is uh, finite. I think it's definitely dissipating. Um, and it's interesting to see how the administration is kind of backing off this fear stuff. You know, Fauci, we haven't seen him or heard from him in, oh. in weeks, right? right. Um, and it's interesting that the, the, the government's going to have to do something because uh, Sweden, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, they have opened up their economy completely. Switzerland did it yesterday. So everybody recognizes that Omicron wasn't as bad as we thought. So I think that uh, you're going to see more people start migrating back to cities and, and going to work. Not all of them, but, but more. And right now, New York City and Chicago is a ghost town, as you know. Well, and, and yet stock futures uh, declined uh, in, the, in response, at least in part, to the jobs numbers. So you would think that that seems counterintuitive to me. It kind of does, but you have to think about why the Fed exists and what they perceive their 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 uh, role in this whole thing to play. The Fed has always had a dual mandate, which is uh, stable prices and full employment. Um, and really, since sort of the 87 crash when Greenspan started printing money, and, and certainly the acceleration of it since 2000, the Fed's third mandate, which is not written on paper, is really market stability. And the fact is that, you know, 80% of the volumes in the stock market and the bond market are driven by um, high-frequency algorithmic computers, right? So these guys are day traders. They borrow money overnight, and they get long in the stock market. That's why we've had these just tremendous waves of momentum that push up and occasionally kind of go back down. 
But I think the stock market is down today because uh, interest rates are going to be perceived to uh, be accelerating at a faster pace. I'm not sure that's going to come to fruition or not. We'll know by March 16th, which is the next FOMC meeting. Uh, the odds of a 50 basis point hike are still less than 50%, but they are accelerating rapidly. And well, most of Washington, I'm um, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 most of Washington, what, continue, sorry. Well, most of Washington uh, and the Fed and most of Wall Street uh, embrace higher inflation, right? They have to pay back all this debt with a depreciated dollar. So you get this inflationary kind of uh, momentum story narrative out of Washington, and you get it out of Wall Street. So they encourage and uh, embrace the idea that the market may need as many as, you know, five or seven hikes this year. I'm well, just not sure that, well, go ahead. No, well, again, I'm sorry, I keep you interrupting, but I, I want to talk about the big tech stocks and Facebook yesterday. I mean, their first ever dip in active users, one million that they lost, and that sent stocks spiraling. But what happened? I think the bottom line, Amy, is that the big cap tech stocks and the broad stock market in general has been supported by free money. And if you look even right now, overnight money at the Fed is trading at five cents, right? That's five tenths of a percentage point, or five cents, five one hundredths of a percentage point. So money is really, really cheap and really, really available to the financial system. And if the idea that that's going to keep going goes away, the stock market and the housing market in most places where people are moving is, is really overpriced. I and mean, you're talking about three standard deviation moves. And it's not really about how good of a company Facebook is or how good of a company Amazon is or Google. These are strong companies with good balance sheets and tremendous free cash flow. They're, they're, they're good companies. Um, but they're really expensive. I mean, the average forward multiple on the S&P 500 is something like 19 and a half times. And historically, it's about 16. And if you think about three percentage points of that coming down with earnings pretty steady at sort of $224 a share for the S&P. You know, normal valuations for the S&P 500 is something like $3,800. So it's not that these are bad companies or Facebook's all of a sudden in trouble. Uh, it's, it's that all these stocks are really expensive. But, but Facebook... It may be different than some of the other tech stocks in terms of the challenges because Zuckerberg made a big met, bet on the metaverse, uh, including changing the name of his company to Meta. Um, and they saw a loss. I mean, they still you know, made $30 billion last year. So, I mean, again, there's no red tag sale for Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook or anything like that. But the combination of TikTok, uh, the Apple move on uh, ads that has reduced the ad revenue for Facebook. Um, there are some structural things that are challenging Facebook in addition to that big bet that Mark Zuckerberg is making, which may turn out to be, you know, akin to the laser disc. We'll see um, that that particularly challenge Facebook in a way that they don't Amazon or Apple. That is absolutely true. And I think uh, one of the things that I think about often is that, you know, these stocks, have done tremendously well in the pandemic era and 
a lot of times people think, oh, everyone's going to work from home. No one's going to school. No one's going to the office. Everybody's going to be on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And now that the economy appears to want to open up, the, the valuation question on some of these companies and the growth prospects of some of these companies have to be considered very seriously. Um, pandemics and, and, and crises and economies accelerate change. And we had a huge acceleration of change. And, and that acceleration is probably going to slow down. So we have to determine what's Facebook worth now if fewer people are using it or if the growth rates in Facebook are going to be lower than they have been for the last two years. Uh, you mentioned uh, inflation a moment ago. So what, what's the Fed target for inflation by year's end? What, where do they hope to get inflation to with these uh, interest rate hikes that are coming? And, and how important is it to hit that target for market stability, and uh, in addition to, obviously, price stability? Right. The Fed has lost a lot of credibility over the last 15 months, 9 months, 6 months. Uh, transitory inflation certainly isn't the case. And they have, they have had to shift dramatically. Um, uh, Jerome Powell is going to reduce liquidity in the financial system. And the reason he's going to do it is because the administration wants to be seen as paying attention to the idea that it's the number one problem on the minds of all voters and everybody that works, and that is prices are rising. Food and energy prices are uh-huh. higher than anybody thought they were going to be 12 months ago. And we can all figure out one way or another what we think about why that's the case. But the truth is that it's really hurting middle-class America. And I think that if Jerome Powell wanted to be renominated as Fed chairman, he was going to have to toe the line of everybody in Washington and address the fact that prices are too high. So liquidity in the system is going to be drained and interest rates are going up. And if that happens, uh, inflation will eventually go down because right now higher prices are diminishing consumer demand. But I mean, but do they have, I mean, do you do these moves that are anticipated? I mean, does it have the potential to, do you think it will have the potential to significantly reduce inflation by the end of, of the year, you know, cut it in half or at least provide uh, more relief. confidence that directionally prices are coming down? If you look at the Fed's forecast for inflation by 2024, they think inflation is going to be back down towards trend, which is 2 to 3%. And most of Wall Street believes the same thing probably a 4% number or a 5% number through the rest of this year and down to 2 or 3% in 24. So inflation will come down anyway. And, they and want what, to get it down quicker right now. And, and what does that mean, you know, say, you know, uh, end of year or beginning of this year, uh, you moved to cash or you moved more of your portfolio to cash. Um, is this the time with uh, blood in the streets, particularly with the tech stocks? to get back in, or would you be holding your powder and waiting to see how this plays out for a few more months? Uh, March 16th is the next Fed meeting. That's 27 trading days. Uh, until then, I think the stock market is going to test the Fed. I think the stock market is very concerned that rates are going to rise. Uh, the NASDAQ is down 4% here this morning, um, even though the jobs number was good, right? Yeah. So I think that 
if you look at some of the core numbers in the economy, you know, the economy is slowing down. The Atlanta Fed does a GDP forecast, and um, it's at zero, right? Zero GDP growth for Q1. Some economists I know think GDP in Q1 is going to be negative 2%, right? So in the short term, the economy is slowing. Um, what the stock market does with that, I think they're going to say, okay, Mr. Fed, how far are you going to go here and what's it going to mean to our future cash flows? And right now, I think the stock market is going to be very, very volatile, and I think it's probably going to put in lower lows than it did in January going into this FOMC meeting. And do At you that point? Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and do you expect uh, cryptocurrencies to uh, follow suit? Do you expect them to essentially move in the direction of the markets? Yes, I do. I mean, uh, the, the, the Bitcoin that trades uh, most with most, uh, most volume in, in the world uh, is by far the most uh, volatile security on the planet, and it tends to correlate quite uh, directly to things like the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000. All right. Um, keep my money in the mattress. You know, <laughs> right. And the other thing you have to remember, too, here is that, you know, overnight money is still really cheap. And uh, until that changes with an actual rate hike, a Fed funds rate hike, because right now Fed funds are sort of 12 basis points. But if they go to 25 or something like that, liquidity is going to come out of the stock market. And that's what the stock market's afraid of right now. He is James Perry, Senior Vice President and Partner at Arbor Research. Jim, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey Top Pro Answer Line. If you're talking about it, Dan and Amy are talking about it. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Hi, I'm Dave Sloan, General Manager of the Chicago Auto Show. Our show was first staged in 1901, and it's been held more times than any other auto show in the world. With such a distinguished history, we couldn't use just any company to develop our website. We turned to the best, AmericanEagle.com. For the past 17 years, they've continually enhanced and updated our website and dedicated auto show app to keep up with the latest technology. The Chicago Auto Show.